Hey, William, what's going on? And remind me, William, where do you play real estate? I just, just took a new listing the other day, new probate. Boom. Uh, Renaissance Realty Group. We, yeah, we had, uh, remember we talked uh, last week. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. About, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, you remember, yeah. So, um, yeah, so things are good, okay, man. I, I took a new listing uh, the other day. So, yeah, man, nice. coming along. Good. Well, you know how you celebrate when you get a new listing? You know what you're supposed to do when you get a new yeah, listing? Yeah, man. Yeah, you know that good feeling. But I'm saying you know oh, what you're no, supposed what to do? The way you celebrate a new listing Wait. is go get another one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm on the job. So, uh, hey, it is uh, uh, Thursday, February 11th. The year is already under underway anybody who who was in the post holiday hangover we're done with that right we're up and running um my goal for the year is closing 35 transactions during my anniversary period which ends november 30th and as of tomorrow i've went set up to fund and funded today record tomorrow of 10 closed in the period of about two and a half months so i'm on track for that Big numbers. Real estate is red hot. Uh, you know, I, I, um, I send out an email every week about what I'm listening to, what I'm watching. And I was listening this morning to, anybody here besides me for motivation listen to Steve Harvey? Anybody else listen to him? You know, I, I, I knew him as this goofy guy on TV that I didn't like really care for so much. But he, if you want, if you're struggling with your motivation, or you need some good material to get you on track and understand the blessing that's in front of you in terms of your business, being in real estate. Steve Harvey gives him the best motivational talks. Now, there are a bunch of clips of him goofing around on, on, the, on the show he does, which is fine, but he gives some talks, some business talks, and it also merges the idea of goals and visions with faith and business that are just absolutely amazing. I was listening to one this morning and I wanted to kind of just share today, he was talking about how important it is to have a vision of where you want your business to go uh, and, to, and to be willing to ask for a big vision, ask for a big change in your life so you can accomplish big things. If you're a person of faith, you know, you would believe that God wants you to help out and do some big stuff. And, and if you're secular, don't have that faith, Still, you know that, that pointing yourself in the right direction will get you more likely to where you want to go. But he talked about changing his life from living in cars to where today he's got seven TV shows and, and he just has really become an amazing power of good. In fact, he, sh he shared a story that was amazing about how he had a dream to own land. And um, he had a dream to own land. He came across the land, piece of land, it was a little expensive for him. And so we looked at another one. And the second piece of land was bigger and was the right price. And he said that that was the exact size he was looking for. So he knew it was for him, but he's never been back to that land. It was, a, it was a, I think, 17 acres with some lakes and hills. And he built a home on it for kids with single uh, families and no parents. And he used it as a, like a camp for people to come in who can't afford much to get away and enjoy nature. 
And so here's a guy who he's, he's out working and hustling. And he, his vision that he thought was for him ends up being a way for him to help people. And I think he said he has a thousand kids a year that come to his camps. I didn't know anything about him. I just thought he was some goofy dude on TV that I didn't really care for. A thousand people a year because he had a dream and was willing to go after it. And so I just want to tell you guys, I've been in real estate since, I say this all the time, and, and I, don't mind, I don't mind being accused of being repetitive on this one. I've been in real estate since 1986. There has never been a better time to make money in real estate than right now. Whether you're brand new with no money, there's never been a better time. There's more opportunity and more money to leverage your work to make income. And if you have a lot of money, there's never been a better time to leverage up your money or your experience into real wealth. This is an opportunity for lives are being changed. And you're either on it or you're not on it. I want to get you on it. I don't care if I come across too preachy. That's an interesting thing to call a religious Jew. But I've been to Baptist church. I know, I know what that's like. I've been to, uh, I've been to uh, Protestant churches. I know what prayer circles are about. Okay, I'm not shy about it. I might come across a little preachy, but here's what I want to say. This is about changing your life. Get clear on that. The second thing I want to say is understand it's going to be hard work. You have two choices. Anybody besides me ever been broke? Anybody besides me like not know where your next meal is coming from? And maybe worse, have to tell your family that, right? That's hard. My day today, my day today was hard. I was up at five. I was in the pool behind me at 5.45 and I had to swim workout for an hour. I worked out hard today, so I had the energy to do my job today. It's the end of a long day. I came back from my swim workout. You know, I take a little bit of a break. I jumped right on my computer and phone at 7.30, and I've been, I took about a 15-minute break all day today. It's been a hard day. I put, I put my, I'm, not lift, I'm not digging coal. I'm not lifting boxes, but concentrating and talking is, it takes energy. It's no harder to be broke than it is to make a lot of money. You might as well put the effort in. Because if you don't put the effort in, you're going to experience life being hard as broke or life being about struggling for your paycheck, or life being about not doing things so you have money. Put the extra work in. Work hard today, daily. It's the same effort, I think, in the long run, if you're consistent about it, but you can achieve big things. I was just talking to my friend Beverly on the phone, on, on the call. We're both at XP. By a miracle, I found this company two years ago. I'm not that smart. And I put some stock away. Didn't really plan on it. Can I tell you that today my stock is worth more? I had, I had a good income year last year. I had a decent year the year before. My stock is worth more than the last two years' income gross. I, I didn't even, that was money I would have gladly paid to Keller Williams or Century 21, where I used to work, and never thought of again. That money that I used to give to them is in my account with the company and at Vanguard more gross income than made the last two years. And I had two, my income for the last two years is pretty good. Right? For people at the XP, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an icon in the last 12 months. I didn't make icon because I missed two deals, but I got them in, in December and I'm on track to be icon this year.
But last 12 months, I've been icon level. Crazy, life-changing opportunities for all of us. Anybody on this, on this phone could find a deal. Where's that pool? I thought the pools are closed. That's the only question I got. Joanne, I love you. Um, the pool is El Segundo's Wiseburn pool. And they're open one person per lane. It cost me 20 bucks for a workout with a coach, which is versus three bucks normally, but I pay it gladly. I only get two workouts a week because of COVID. We work five or six a week, but we can't do that now. And I swam today 100 meter IM in just over two minutes. Life-changing opportunities. Okay, so the topic really is about probate real estate, but I want to tell you, I want to tell you a quick story about probate. I, I had left production, went into management, coaching, and recruiting um, 10 years ago. I was a good agent. My mentor got me into coaching and recruiting. I was a great coach and a great recruiter. I was the number one recruiter in Century 21 for about four years based on the numbers. And then I left them and went to another company. And in both cases, the companies run out of gas. In my book, both those companies, a lot of talk, very little action. At one point, they ran out, of, ran out of gas. Your management, when they run out of gas, you got to look for a parachute. I always go back into production. I knew I could make more money in production than I could in management at that point, those two companies. But when the company tells you it's time to go and you have to make that change and you walk away from a salary, cold, hard reality sits. And I was 60 years old going back into production without one listing or one lead. And I sat down and I looked at myself and thought about in real estate, what was the right niche for me? And I picked probate. Now there's a lot of ways to do probate. So I thought about how to do it. I created a plan. And that was two years ago, March 1st, I started my plan. And two years ago, April 1st, I started working at it. I've built a life-changing business in those two years. Anybody in this call could do the same thing. You gotta write out your plan and you gotta work it every day. Nothing more than that. Write out your plan, work it every day. Life-changing opportunities. I'm here to help you do that. Now, I'm privileged. I also, I've taken a listing every week for the last, this my fourth week in a row. I got listings, I got closings. This has been really good. My cup is overflowing. Uh, for those of you who are biblically uh, inclined, and Jacob in, uh, in uh, Genesis, uh, I have everything, everything I need. I'm blessed. And I'm getting that because I'm helping other people. I'm here to help other people today. I help personal uh, petitioners, executors, administrators, and their probates. I help attorneys. I help investors buy property and sell properties. I help new wholesalers and investors trying to build a career, help them with strategies, hopefully encouragement, hopefully camaraderie on this call, and help solve their, their real estate problems. And I don't have to charge for it. I don't really have a coaching program. I'm not selling anything to be on these calls. I'm here to help you. Okay? So, anybody here have a real estate question or problem, and ideally related to probate, that I can help you with today? No? I, I do, Bill. I've, uh, William. We're going to call I you just, New Listing William. There it is. I just want to get your take on why this, why the estate would do this. I'm going to ask. Well, hold on now. one second. Let me tell you something. This is a question I ask all the time. Why are they being so stupid? 
Yeah. Okay, I'm just telling you right now. I may not have your answer for you because stupid people do what stupid people do is often the answer. But go ahead, let's try it. So in a nutshell, um, I was um, I was working with an estate. It was a cold listing agent. It, it didn't go well. Um, the escrow fell apart because of some of his antics. Oh, somebody, somebody's pretty loud. Okay, sorry. Um, so I, I put an offer in on one of the properties that were off market, and um, I proposed to do it, do agency, and give them a one percent discount, which they will save five thousand. Nice. They 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 didn't want to do it. They still want to work with this other agent. So you know, back again with him. So um, my investor, all cash, uh, two week closing, and he's paying to relocate the tenant, putting up the full 21,000, you know, per LA rent control. Boom. And, um, you know, he just added a clause in the counter that, uh, you know, if anything happens in the near future with the beneficiaries suing, he's not gonna be held liable. All of a sudden, three weeks goes by, haven't heard back from the, the listing agent. And then they come back with a counter talking about they want to wait until they want to now relocate the tenant themselves. They want to increase the price $21,000. And, and we have to wait until the end of April. And it's a 50-50. They, they, they wrote it up. It's so biased to the, to the, to the estate. Where it's like they can walk away after the after uh, April comes if they don't successfully relo relocate the tenant, and then my buyer just misses out on the property. I don't understand why they switched up and are so adamant on relocating the tenant themselves when we're giving it to them on a silver platter. <laughs> my investor is taking care of it. We 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 met with the uh, uh, the tenant collectively, and we had a strategy and a plan. And, and then out of nowhere, they just totally change the terms and, and we're waiting till April. And it's, you know, it's just like, why, why did you do that, bro? <laughs> no communication, nothing, man. It, it's just, this is a horrible problem. I just, I, why, why would the state do that? Are they just scared of being sued? Uh, uh, if, if something goes south with relocating the tenant, I don't, I don't get it. Oh, okay. So first thing I'll say is uh, real estate is always complicated in that there's emotions and logic. And sometimes people make decisions on emotion and not logic. Second, probate's more complicated because you have more people. More people creates room for you know, one or more to have emotions than logic does make sense. Um, the concept, if you ever play baseball, you know the third base coach is? Right, so you're you're rounding second base. You come to third, and the third base coach either waves you home, or right. he tells you to stop. Right. Yeah. So in sales, there's what we call third base coach. Oftentimes, it you sell a house to somebody, and their parents are the third base coach saying stop. Everybody's ready to go, and then the parents, and 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 sometimes, in relationships, people will purposely throw the deal off track, use the deal as their opportunity to show somebody how they care about them by being overprotective. And we've all had that. We've all had people in our lives, parents or family members or spouses who are overprotective of us. And we're, no, no, I got this. 
but they're overprotective. And if, if the buyer's scared and the parent says, hold it, this is a bad market. Everything's gone up too quickly. Maybe you should wait. And what the hell? This is a great deal. They're no longer uh, logical or emotional. So it's hard to say why. Now, I will say to you is when you and I know each other, offline, if you want to send me the info or the, or the public case yes. number, I might know the players. I find Thank oftentimes, you. the for the most part, the attorneys do one. Here's what we don't get. You meet the attorney. They dress nice. They have a fancy office, fancy location. They went to fancy schools or law schools. They're smart, typically. But what happens is because they're licensed to do legal work, they might only do one probate a year. Or it might be the only probate in three years. And they, quote, know the law, but they don't know the business of the law. Yep. And so I find oftentimes when attorneys get involved, the deal almost always goes sideways. Uh, when they get involved, when the deal started without them, their inclination is, it must be wrong. I need to do it my way. I know how it should go. Hmm. And it, it's frustrating to me because I've been in business myself for 34 years. I've closed thousands of real estate transactions. There are very few attorneys who know as much about how to structure deals as I do. And they'll on their own tell the customer, here's how we're going to do it. Yep. I say, no, 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 that's not going to work. I see it all the time. So to answer your question, why would they? I don't know. Let's try to find out. You want to send me the info? I'll do some research okay. on that case, see if I might know the player or two. But oftentimes it's, it's the attorney saying, hey, this is what we want to do it this way to protect ourselves. And they really haven't thought through, but they're charging the customer per hour and the customer's willing to pay them, then that's the, what they're going to tell them to do. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the attorney's weak. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry? The attorney's weak, man. I mean, there you go. He, he's weak Nothing as worse hell, than man. that to screw your left. Oh, my God. As a group of people, <clears throat> uh, the, there's no group that I think the gap between what they think they know and they know is bigger than attorneys for the most part. Not all, but for the I've, And I always feel like realtors are the same way. When we don't know something, We'll talk like we do and act like we do rather than admit we don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot about probate in LA County, but when I don't know something, I'll tell the attorney, I don't know the answer. I've seen A, I've seen B, I've seen C, but there's no way to know. Right? Yeah. I literally have a database of every probate case in LA County, of every court sale in LA County, of every filing in LA County. I can run the data, but if I don't know the answer, nobody knows the answer. And I'll say, I don't know the answer. Right? But it takes confidence to admit that. So let's see if we can figure out what the true story is. Maybe that helps. But I don't know the answer. It's frustrating. I, I'm with you. I'll Thank tell you, story. I'm going to some, I'm gonna ask you some questions people came here with. If I have time, I'll tell you guys a story about the, uh, the um, gas station uh, deal. That'd be an interesting one. Um, Beverly asked, where can I find probate leads? So Beverly, I um, probate leads, if you want to call personal reps, administrators, executors, uh, you can go to court, and it takes time and money, and it's limited with COVID. You can buy it from a service, uh, probate daily. I have a coupon code. I get you a discount. Uh, if you text me, because um, uh, you're the EXP, you can't use my text system. So if you just text me directly, Beverly, or use uh, Workplace, I'll send you back the link to the coupon code. <clears throat> That's probate daily. There's different services you can buy them from. Uh, and from there, you can call, call, you can call them and, or email them or mail them depending on what kind of data you get. Um, let's see, Joan, um, Joanne, represent a buyer, how would they write the check is the name of the estate? Joanne, are, you, are we talking about a property at probate court confirmation or are we talking about a property 
pre-confirmation, it's a probate that may not need court confirmation. Well, let me ask you a question this way. When, you, when you're representing a buyer in a probate, the buyer writes the check. If it's, a, if it's not at the court, it's like any other deal. You, you write the check if there's an escrow. At court, when you bid on the property, you write your 10% of the overbid check in the name of the estate. Okay, you answered my question. Sometimes the smart accounts will create, will, will have an escrow open someplace or have the check made to the title company, but, um, but it's made to the estate, which technically means they can deposit it and keep the funds. Yeah, that's kind of a, another thing to think about. In a regular purchase, somebody goes to escrow. If there's a dispute, it has to get resolved. I had a case where the listing agent made a couple of tragic mistakes and they wanted all the money. And we said, no, no, it's an escrow. You don't get to take it all. If you had required us to deposit in your estate account, you'd have the money already, but you weren't smart enough to do that. Okay, you answered my question. Good, thanks. Um, Tyler K, what's a good script to use when calling PRs? Tyler K, where, where are you located? I'm located in Los Angeles. Another LA person. Very nice. What part of LA? Oh, I, I'm based in like Mid City, K Town area, but I have uh, actually a deal in Bakersfield, and sometimes we go all the way down to San Diego. So, nice. but mainly LA. Nice. So, <clears throat> um, I would recommend uh, the best answer to that question. I'd recommend you go into YouTube and search all the leads, or go to the website alltheleads.com. And they have a weekly mastermind. <coughs> they have a monthly role play that's recorded and put on YouTube or on their website. And, and on their website, you can actually search script. And there's a script and there's some practice of, but more importantly, where to come from when you, when you script, uh, talk to them. Because um, where you come from is more important. There's a saying, who you are speaks so loudly, I can hardly hear what you're saying. And so you're just calling people, you're calling somebody whose family member died to grab their listing to make a commission check, it comes across on the phone. But if you call somebody who maybe has a loss, be a service to them to help them through their time, and you want to work hard to help them through that process, that comes across too. So you have to work on your come from, not just the scripting. But all the leads has, and they have a, a weekly mastermind you can go into for free, a conference call if you go into their Facebook group. And they have a monthly role play with a role play scripts with you. Okay, okay awesome. Yeah, definitely um, when come from a place of help. Um, I didn't mean it like that, but definitely we'll check them out. Thank you so much. Sure. Joshua, one of the great cold callers on the phone. You want to role play your script for us real quick? Be on the spot? What? Let's hear it. Let's hear what a pro. What's a pro sound like? Uh, ring, ring. Hello. Hi, may I speak to Bill? This is Bill. Hey, Bill. Good afternoon. My name is Josh. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great, Josh. How can I help you? Good. Hey, the reason for my call, I'm sure you're already aware, um, there was a recent probate filing here at the Stanley Moss Courthouse um, by your attorney, Paul Horn. Hmm. And um, I saw you got a court hearing coming up. Um, you're petitioning the estate to become the administrator, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I specialize in probate, focus primarily um, in helping individuals and families go through this process a little bit easier. For a lot of people going through this process, it can be very overwhelming, plus it's expensive. 
um, you know, and it takes quite a long time, right? Anywhere from nine months to two years, sometimes even longer, mm-hmm. depending if you have family members that are fighting or you have to evict somebody. So I just wanted to call you to see how I can help, maybe answer any questions that oh. you may have. Um, I also noticed in the petition bill um, that there's a, a property involved uh, that's mm-hmm. listed here and it, it shows that there's about 300,000 um, that's uh, still owed. And normally when it comes to probate, the biggest asset tends to be the real estate, you know, because mom, dad live in the property for 30 years, they bought right. it for pennies on the dollar, and now it's worth half a million or more. Right. Um, so normally when it comes to the real estate, the, the judge normally orders that the property either be sold, that it gets refinanced, or that the title gets transferred. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to see from you if your plans were to sell the property as part of the probate, or if you had other plans uh, uh, with the property. Okay, Tyler K., there's your pro. He comes awesome. Across Thank as, you, guys. Comes across <laughs> warm and a service, right? He mentions my name a couple times, um, and and even still, I would say maybe going to the property a little quick. But this is a role play, so it's hard to you know, hard to really judge. Right. Yeah. How long it would be and how much deeper we go, off the cuff with no warning at all. So Joshua, thank you so much, man. That's fantastic. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, do we get certified to sell probate? Uh, from user to everyone. So um, are, user, are you an um, uh, investor or are you a real estate agent? I imagine you're a real estate agent. The answer is no, you don't need to be certified. Now I find attorneys will ask you if you are, number one, because they don't know what else to ask. Number two, to attorneys, they get special certifications, not that they're required to. So the attorneys who are specialized or in the division of trust and probate, but you don't have to be to be an attorney to handle probate. It just means they have extra training and they get into a list and they can use certain designation, but um, realtors don't need it either. I would say that you don't necessarily need to legally, but you probably should take training to get the expertise because marketing, I think, is oftentimes telling people that you're an expert. But I believe probate is the opportunity, if you are an expert, to get a lot of business. So it depends on where you are in your career. But I would say, uh, you know, Paul Horn has a class that's, I think, $99 through CAR, very expensive. Uh, All the Leads does a, a monthly, I think a, they're on hiatus, but they do a monthly training. Um, this three days, about five hours, fantastic. They think it's 250 I've had, a, I think, four or five different classes I've taken in my career. I, I don't really necessarily brag about it. I'm telling you just to answer your question because I want to learn about probate. I have bought some books on probate. Um, I've listened to other people's masterminds on probate. Um, I pretty much, anytime I can find information about it, I want to know about it because I want to be the expert. Uh, one of the things I learned early in this business is you get paid based on the value you create for other people. So the more I know about something, the more I can get paid. And when I talk to people, I can tell them I'm an expert and it comes across because I really know what I'm talking about. Okay, SK says, I pay for leads in Northern California. I have a lot of questions, too many to type up. SK, I'd be glad to talk to you um, or anybody. So I'll just share with you guys that if you ever want to meet with me individually, um, if you, if you uh, send the words good stuff, if you type, text good stuff, to um, this following number is 213-460-2577.
I have on there some cheat sheets and some information. I think more importantly, I also have on there some discount codes for data if that's what you need. In the bottom, if you want to make an appointment with me, you can simply uh, you know, put in some information. I don't charge for it. I'll talk to any of you for 15 minutes about helping you set up your career, business, changing your marketing. Uh, you know, I do coaching for, I used to charge $1,000 a month for coaching one-on-one. And I would do uh, four 30-minute uh, phone calls a week. I don't charge anybody for my time now. So feel free to um, take advantage of that. Uh, text um, good stuff to 213-460-2577. I'd be glad to uh, SK with you get together and talk um, and see if I can help somehow. If you have a lot of questions. Um, let's just talk quickly. <laughs> um, okay. Joanne says you take the silver platter. That's a no-brainer. Okay. Um, Okay, there you go. Um, and what else? Who else do we have here? I think I covered all the questions. So I have a story to tell, unless there's other questions. I and if I missed a question, retype it. I, I got a question, Bill. Go ahead, SK. Hey, Bill. Um, I'm in Northern California, and um, I subscribe to some probate leads, and I've been going through them. I have a question. For, for example, if a person dies in a different county, they have the property in a different county and they, they file it in a different county and they live in a different county. Why, why would someone do that? Like, like I guess down in your area, there's Orange County, San Diego County, and LA County. Mm -hmm. So let's say the property's in LA County and uh, the petitioner files it in, say, uh, San Diego County. Um, and then the other party is in uh, Orange County. Um, what's the reason for doing that? Is it just to tie up the courts or, or what, or to make it more complicated to get to the hold of the right person? Well, why might a petitioner do that to hold up the court possibly, but the, the, uh, why might a petitioner file in a certain County because it's more convenient for them. Um, but generally the, 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 the uh, probates filed in the County where the decedent resided. And so oftentimes they'll have a probate and they'll have a subprobate. Um, maybe have several properties and, and they'll do a, a probate in LA County for property and there's another one in Orange County and they live in San Diego County. So they get complicated based on where the decedents died, where the property is, where the executor is also, uh, where the residency is. So there's different and then different states I've seen, and different countries. I've seen probates that had, you know, they're being probated in the Netherlands, but they got the decedent died here in LA County. And there's property in Orange County. And the fight is, do, do we do the subprobate in LA or Orange County? Okay. So def definitely there's different reasons. And ultimately the court's job, just always keep in mind, the court's job is to protect the interest of the public the tax paying public. So taxes have to get paid, creditors have to get paid, and they're always on the lookout to make sure that happens. <clears throat> and somebody can't just move it to someplace else, take advantage of some quirk in the law and get away with it. So they're very hesitant when you have an, a, a petition from out of state. I know a lot of the agents on this call focus on those petitioners. And there's a couple of reasons why you might. Number one, let's say they don't know other realtors in California, so less competition. Number two, uh, though the downside is, Oftentimes they can't get full authority because they're in another state and the judge may or may not be willing to give them 
more discretion because the judge's concerns, he doesn't live here, may or may not be as law-abiding to our rules as somebody who lives in another state. Um, so anyhow, that, there's various reasons why different jurisdictions and then different jurisdictions have different laws as well. So again, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hierarchy of rules between where the decedent passed, uh, where the decedent, his residency was before he passed, when where the property is. Okay. I got another weird one. Go ahead. Um, um, so I'll see. So on the, on the resource that I use, um, I'll see, um, let, let's say someone passed away, uh, 10, 29, uh, 2020. Right. But then I'll see that it got recorded on 10, 29, 2020, but then the person that's petitioning has a property in their name as of 10, one, 2020. The petitioner is like a family member, um, and they and they and it's like within like ninety days that they put their name before they file the paperwork. So okay, so what happened? What I've seen, I don't, I can't. Each case is different, so I have to look at it. But one thing I've seen happen regularly is mom or dad, last parent, is deathly ill, and they know they're going to pass, and they say, "Well, to avoid probate." I'll just transfer the property to you. And that may or may not work. They may or may not sign the right papers. They're, they may or may not have the legal authority. Uh, maybe they're, they're, there's other kids involved and there was a pre-marriage involved. I've seen that happen. Um, sometimes another thing people think is, oh, I'll put the son on the property. And that way when mom passes, it automatically goes to the son. That can if you tell it correctly, but if you don't tell it correctly, it doesn't quite work. So people often think they have a, a little workaround just to deed the property and you know, kind of some, some cheap advice that's gonna cost you a lot of heartache and trouble down the road. So I've seen different occasions, different variations of those problems. Somebody uh, um, wasn't competent, you know, they had dementia and a month before they pass, there's a deed. And so somebody's challenging it, saying they weren't of sound mind. Um, there's a variety of reasons why that might happen. Okay. And elder abuse is called where people, it's a big problem where um, when parents get old and there's not family members taking care of them, there's a caregiver, and the caregiver is marrying the person or the caregiver magically gets the, the the person to donate the property or transfer the property to them. Um, so those are cases where you'll see transfers of property and then it was legitimate or not. Okay. And then um, I, I know you said not to go after properties that have trusts, but I've seen ones where uh, the, the husband, the husband or the wife will die. One of them will die. And then the other, let's say in this example, the husband dies first and then the wife will petition it, but it doesn't make sense why they're petitioning it if they have it in a trust? Well, okay. So first off, I, I wouldn't say not to go after trusts. I mean, there's somebody who owns property and they may or may not sell it. Um, so deeding in the trust, um, you know, there might be a trust. Did they deed the property in the trust? I've seen cases where they create the trust with the intention of the property going to the trust. Very common, but they forget to record a deed that moves the property into the trust. Very common. Okay. And so there's a process 
the, the courts, there was a court case, a famous court case called the Hegstead. Um, and they, as a result of that court case, there's what's called a Hegstead petition. And so there's, there's law that says that, well, they created the trust and it was obvious that the intention was to move the property to trust. They just forgot to do it. And you go to court and get the judge to agree to allow you to move the property to trust. You have to hire an attorney to do that. It's not cheap, most commonly. It could be cheap if you hire the right, right person, but it, it almost in some cases costs as much as a probate or half as much as a probate to do that. So it depends, um, but that's a common problem where somebody's deed of property into a trust and not done it properly, or they didn't finish deeding of the trust, or, or, or they, they deed the trust, they didn't realize, but it wasn't all her property. She was married before and half went to the kids. You know, there's, there's a million different stories. I enjoy that, the unraveling of all the paperwork. Um, and, and so what I do is I'll look at it and, and get, the, get the documents together. Attorneys offer to hesitate to get too involved because a lot of work, they're not gonna get paid on it. What I do is I do all the research and line out the documents and make the case. And they get a tree to look at that and say, yes, that's, that looks right. And then, and now they're willing to move forward in the case. So that's, that's the common, where I get involved is where there's a, a problem and there's a whole tied bull, you know, knot of problems. And I try to figure out how to unknot it and then find somebody who'll take it and either a attorney will take the case or will lend money to the state to pay for legal fees. Hey Bill, I have a question on that. Okay, so um, what if the property is deeded and the trust and everything, the documents are just placed away in a file cabinet. Okay. Are you saying it has to be recorded in order for it to not have to then go to the judge to be moved into? No. Well, okay. That's those two different questions. So what I'm saying right. is oftentimes they create the trust document that accommodates moving property into a trust, but they never actually execute the deed into the trust. You've entered another possibility, which is they execute the deed, but they don't record it. Okay, yeah, that, I find that, that's commonly, my question. It's most not... attorneys don't create the deeds because, well, they'd say to the customer, well, I can prepare the deeds for you, but they cost 100 bucks a piece. Okay, so it, it has, I guess, okay, so you help me clarify my question. So it has to be recorded or it well, still it needs to, to be go... recorded. Oh, okay. So there's two different issues here. One is if it's recorded, so there's a couple parts. It has to be executed, number one. Got it. At mm -hmm. a minimum. Now, the question is, if it's executed but not recorded, meaning mom and dad sign it and it's notarized, but it's not taken to the court, will a top company accept it? Maybe yes, maybe no. Because part of the problem with that document is it's not an insured document. And tile companies like when, when you refinance your house, you get tile insurance. And then when you sell the house, there's tile insurance. And then they refinance again. And tile companies like it when there's an, an insurance, a tile insurance transaction, they know somebody got paid and they researched that. They know that's a good document. Right. When mom or dad pass and all of a sudden the son goes, oh, here's the document putting it in the trust. Um, you know, you, you have to verify that document as being legitimate. Was there a notary? Was it notarized properly? Um, and, and also, was it formed properly? I've seen arguments about the form of the form. I've seen documents prepared with the wrong property description or the description being incomplete. Uh, had the wrong APN. It'll say otherwise known as and have the wrong APN or the wrong property address. So there's a lot of different possibilities there. The advantage of recording the document is it makes it public 
So if somebody was doing a crime, they're less likely to record it. And so if there's, if there's a problem and it's not recorded, you have two strikes. If there's a problem that's been recorded, I, I probably get my tell company to accept it. But if it's not recorded and there's a problem in the document, and, and the question is, which, was mom healthy or was she have dementia at this point in time? That's where the court starts to weigh things and makes a determination as to whether the document's legitimate or not. Right. And, okay. So in the case that I'm thinking about, um, the parent wants to maintain control of the property, wants to keep it in their name until they ultimately pass, but they have all these documents lined up. And in her mind, she's saying, well, no, my daughter can take this after I pass and then it will become her property. And I'm just trying to clarify to her, no, it needs to be recorded. So when it's recorded, well, it's, well, it doesn't it's actually- need to be recorded. And I don't mean to pick, pick this apart a little bit, but it, you are mm-hmm. asking a very detailed question. Yeah. So what you're what sounds like you're saying is mom wants to have all the documents signed and ready to go, but not actually finalized. Yes. And I say you run the risk at that point of of problems versus a trust. Once you put the property in the trust, you create the trust. It's all private matter now. Now it doesn't have to go to court. It's really it's really uh, the trustee will execute or will execute the trust. Yeah. Based on the rules, and so now everything is done according to her wishes ahead of time. I agree. But mm-hmm. explain that to somebody. So I think that's, that's the case where you need somebody. Look, I, I went to court every day from March 1st, 2019 until COVID, till uh, March uh, 20, 17th, 21, over a year, every single day. And uh, I saw these problems all, I saw every one of these problems. Yeah. I, I, you know, I saw ones where the documents were wrong. I saw ones where the documents were right and not recorded. And it just depends how important it is to her. But Got the it. right way, Thank the you. best case is get it in the trust and record in the trust. And now, now everything is within the trust document and your attorney can advise you what to do at that point. I agree. I'll just reiterate to her to, um, I don't know, consult her attorney, have them review all the documentations. So make sure she, had it, she had it done years ago. And that's the other thing. These, these trusts, mm-hmm. they change every five years. The yeah, she got it done years ago. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Trust. They get another, another service. Okay. And, and the prices Bill. trust will come down. Yes, yes, Wayne. I was wondering, can you um, just touch upon and give some pointers out how to establish the, you know, relationships and rapports with attorneys mm-hmm. and to, uh, you know, ultimately start getting some um, leads when you don't have um, any clients to refer them. They're always like, yeah, send me one first and then I'll, you know, but when you're starting in probate, you know, it's harder to get is the first one. So how do you, you, I, I don't think I've got, I've received a probate listing from an, a probate attorney. I get referrals from other types of attorneys. Um, but, um, and, and, and I think that I used to refer a bunch of business to attorneys thinking I'm planting seeds and I'll get business back. Right. I mean, a bunch. And it's just shocking. Not only did I not get business back, but how poorly they handled my referrals. It was just shocking. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and to a point where not only, am, not only am I not getting referrals back, 
but my customers weren't getting good service and happy with the service that I sent them for. And one thing I learned is there's such a variance in attorneys and the service they give that to me, it's foolish. They all want a certain type of customer. I think it's foolish in real estate. It's, true, it's foolish in any business, but whatever. And so I, I would send it. And if the case was a little different, well, I don't handle this or that. And they would send them on their way. No, no. Like when I was a lender, I couldn't do loans. I never declined anybody. I'd refer them to somebody who either could do that loan for them, or I'd refer them to a credit repair service that could help them get the credit fixed so they could come back in a year or two and get a loan. Uh, uh, we actually had a form called a Never form Give called Up. Never Give Up. And we did it on and purpose. So I come, this is here. we go. I think I got it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I just think it's wrong to um, not help somebody who comes in your office for help. Doesn't mean I can solve everybody's problem, but I try to. So uh, you're asking a, a good question. Let me rephrase your question. Why the hell why the they hell for mini business? I don't know why. Josh. Um, this has been my experience. Um, you have to interview as much as, as much as the attorney interviews you to see if you're capable, if you're competent. You also need to interview that attorney. And you need to ask questions. Are you opening, are you currently doing business with a real estate agent or an investor? Who is that agent? And are you open to doing business with me? Is there a door that's open there? To get to know them and you have to show that you're competent and that you know the business. But then you have to ask them, hey, are you open? Because you can send them a deal. I've sent deals to attorneys that don't send me anything back. And so you have to be straightforward with them. Hey, you're interviewing them. Are you willing to send me business if I send you business? Because I can get you business. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's really the conversation that you need to have. And maybe it's not on the first one. Maybe it's not on the second one. Maybe uh, over time when you sit down with them over lunch or dinner or whatever and ask those questions. Now, now it depends on your business. And, and, and I would say that, that uh, uh, when I started, my intention was to go out to lunch with them, build relationships, and, and over time get business from them. And I found it was a lot of work. And from, from my clients that I was getting, now I, I tend to work with investors. I tend to work a lower income level. You know, my, my average sales price was like $500,000. So there are a lot of attorneys who are great who handle million, $2 million and up houses. But the ones who handle the lower price, like, you know, I found if I could direct them to the right kind of a service, the customer is better served in many cases. So I use easy-probate.com a lot because I find that there are people who can save money. If there's somebody who can go online and do the computer work, they'll save money and they'll get an outcome as good as many attorneys will give them for a lot less money. And I went from really, and I, and I, I, I want to say, I'm disappointed to say, um, I, and I've reached out to attorneys and I spent time on it. But at one point I just said, it's just not worth my energy anymore. And I have enough business without them. And I, I want the customer to have a good experience. Literally this week, I, I had one attorney who, and I offer services to them. I helped them. I pulled deeds for them and evaluate property. And I wouldn't have sent me 
six addresses to get them the deeds of the vesting and stuff. I haven't received a referral from them, but I'm going to do the work. But I'll, I'll say you, you might want to look for the hungry, you know, hungry dogs hunt best. The hungry attorney or service, if they can do it online on their own, they're going to save some money. That's what I've been doing. What, what's that easy? What's the website? Easy hyphen probate.com. Easy hyphen probate.com. It's like 650 self help, 1250 with a concierge. And I've had many happy customers with that service and save a lot of money. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Tell them I sent you. So these are like attorney services for petitioners? This is the company that's kind of like a legalzoom.com. You know how legalzoom does forms? Legalzoom for probate. Got Just it. probate, though. They really that's focus good. on probate. Yeah. So easy hyphen probate.com. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Good. Okay, we're going to wrap up here shortly. Any last questions? Was this helpful today? Wesley Harris, nice to see you. Right. Good. Any other questions? Any last questions? No? So I do a call on Tuesdays on real estate investment at 3 o'clock. And I do this one every week, Thursdays at 4 p.m. If you text good stuff to 213 460 2577, you have the info in those meetings. Uh, I have other meetings. I have a, a team member who does one for uh, multifamily out of state. Uh, if you text that good stuff, you'll get also a link to uh, probate data sources as well as a coupon uh, discount code for one for 30% off and a free book that I think is really helpful um, and all my meetings and stuff. So I really appreciate you guys on the call today and those who participated. William, thank you for being on. Josh, thanks for doing some role play. Appreciate it. Uh, and to Beverly and Joanne, and if I'm forgetting somebody, uh, SK and all of you who participated, thank you so much. Remember, the more you participate, the more money you make, and the more you help other people, the more money you're going to make. So uh, go forward, help people, be a service. If I could help you, call me, text me, email me, uh, and you're welcome to. My direct phone line is 310-210-0008, 310-210-0008. Have a great week, guys. A great weekend. Can you give me the text number again? Sure. My direct line is area code 310 and the number is 210-0008. Thank you. We're going to thelaprobateexpert.com, thelaprobateexpert.com. Okay? Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for being on the call. We appreciate you.